Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. You want me to sit with you? Please. What do you teach? Us. You can get closer. Okay. Thanks. I like being close. Okay, how many weeks has it been? I don't know, guys. When's the last time we talked about Acts? Five or six weeks ago? Like, and like, so we meant to go through Acts in two Sundays. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? X1. X1. <laughs> yes. So I think that we're going to get through of like 28, X228 today, but we won't get through all of it. So, like, why rush? Like, I'm not going anywhere. Are you going anywhere? I'm not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, we're. S- none of it's important. Just. <coughs> no. It's not going to Let's happen. Let's just recap real quick. Shall okay. We? Let's recap. Somebody else recap. Yeah. Five weeks ago when we taught on Act 2. Can anybody two. remember? <laughs> Do you remember? I don't. Why is everything a song around here? We're just in a moment of worship. Okay, so we were talking about, um, we had gotten into Acts 2 and we were talking about how um, the Holy Spirit came in, it was Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came in, and the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and started fe- speaking in tongues. And then we started, we spent most of our last, whatever week that was, talking about speaking in tongues. What is speaking in tongues? Why do we do it? What's it for? We talked about how there was different versions. Somebody tell me the different versions of speaking in tongues. Edifying. Edifying. The, the, like... Interpretation. Yeah. yeah. Interceding on someone else's behalf. And what was the other really cool one? Yep. The sign to unbelievers. So um, speaking in an actual other language. Okay. All right. So then I told you guys, is Kaylin, is Kaylin here? Oh, there she is. What was, what was the scripture I told you guys to read? Do you remember all those months ago or all those weeks ago? Yeah, 27 through 31. Yeah. Did anybody else do their homework? <laughs> you had like five right. weeks to do it. <laughs> Good. Good students. <laughs> so what I wanted you guys to do is, like we always say, is don't just take our word for it. Like, we're just Jason and Tiffany. We're just reading scriptures. We feel like God gives us revelation, but we want you guys to know that you know that you know. Go home and study the word. Don't just take man's word for it. Like, read scripture. Let the Lord tell you yourself. And so what I wanted you guys to do is read 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-seven because what I want to do is talk about a lot of the things because here's what's going to happen is people are going to be like, um, you're going to be solid in what you believe, and then people are going to become, and they're going to throw a scripture out at you, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, what about this one? And in the moment, it's, you're going to be like, I, oh, well, um, I don't know. Ask my pastor. Don't Who, do that. Who's ever had that happen to him? 
everybody probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you will. And especially with, um, like, if, if people can tell that you're like, well, I don't really know. I just heard it. You know, like, if, but it's changing this, changing our um, perception of just sitting in a church and learning from somebody versus actually learning it for ourselves and knowing what we believe and knowing the address of where it's at in scripture and really understanding that this is part of, this is you. Like, I, I know things about my kids and, you know, I know that the, the time that they are born, the, the, their length, their weight, don't ask me on the spot. But I know all of those things, right? Because I was, I'm part of it. It was part of me. And it's the same thing with scripture. We're living this out today, guys. Like, that we are the Acts church. This is what God created for a church, and it's how we're living it out. And so we, we need to be able to talk about why. Um, so the scripture was 1 Corinthians 12, 27. You are the body of the anointed one. And each of you is a unique and vital part of it. God has placed in the church the following. First I added a little bit more to this, so hold on. First apostles, I added a scripture beyond before. Um, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Then those with gift of miracles, gifts of divine healing, gifts of revelation and gifts of leadership, and gifts of different kinds of tongues. Not everyone is an apostle, a prophet, or teacher. Not everyone performs miracles, has gifts of healing, or speaks in tongues, or interprets tongues. But you should all constantly boil over with passion and seeking the higher gifts. Now I will share you, show you a superior way to live that's beyond comparison. So we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about a lot of scripture today. Okay? Okay. Okay, thanks, Jason. All right. So what I want to get in there, that, the reason I pulled that one out of 1 Corinthians is because that's when a lot of people will say, hey, look, the apostle, like, the apostle Paul is saying right here, and the gifts of different kinds of tongues. So he's saying, and it says not everybody will have this. And so it just seems to counter, like, um, it's counterintuitive, it contradicts itself, because then he goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. And it says that... Um, now I want you all to speak in tongues. And 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And here's such an important thing, and we've talked about this before. You cannot just pick up the Bible and read one passage and then divide a whole church or build a whole church on one passage, guys. We have to be able to uh, have revelation of the, the before and the after, it's context. So we have to understand and dig into what this book is teaching us. What he's saying here is he's giving us this pattern. He's saying, listen, 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 church. Like so many times, like we start doing this thing that we think that we know what we're doing and, and, and it wasn't any different in the church of Ephesus or the, or the church of Corinth. Like these, that everybody gets together and then they think that they know what they're doing and, and they have to come back and be like, okay, settle down. Um, and he's trying to put order into this. He's trying to say, listen, everybody has a gift. Everybody in this room, everybody in the early church, God has given you a gift. Nobody is less important. Nobody is called to, to just attend church and sit in a seat. Like everybody has been given a gift. They all look different. They're not, not, not one is more important than the other. And what he's saying is like, have this in order. And don't, don't be speaking at a turn. Don't come in here trying to just speak in tongues. Like if Jason and I just started speaking in tongues now, you guys would all just be staring at us. And for three hours, we'd be like, well, nothing got done, right? And so he's trying to teach us here that every one of you have different gifts. And he's also clarifying the fact that not everybody will interpret. 
Not everybody will speak in other languages. Um, and then he goes on further, and he's like, but you do all have the gift of edifying to build yourself up. We can all have that gift of, of edification. It's whether you allow it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You uh, agree? Yeah, I totally okay, agree. <laughs> he always does. It says, Paul is addressing how the church should organize ourselves when everyone comes together. Um, what else did I want to put? He's, he ends the passage by saying, now let me show you a superior way. He's speaking of love. So we get so caught up in signs and wonders and miracles, and I agree. Like, they're so fun. They're so cool. But that is not what he was trying to get at with this passage. And so we take this passage and we use it as, um, we use it a way to say that, see, God said not everybody, you know, like they're teaching, God said not everybody is supposed to have the gift of tongues. And we're, we're misinterpreting it. This is not what he's saying. He's saying, have order. Not everybody speaking in the tongues at the same time, but use your gifting, walk in your gifting. And he was like, but listen, like, that's not even what it's about. Like, we're teaching on all this. And, and we've talked about this before. Everybody gets so up in arms about speaking in tongues, but it's not even what it's about. It's about love. It's about loving each other. It's about teaching the love of Christ, which is why he says, and now I will show you a superior way to live that's beyond comparison. And in the whole next chapter, all he talks about is if you have love, you have nothing. We have to be able to understand that this is... If you don't have love, you have nothing. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> you guys knew what I, you knew what I meant, right? Hayden's going to put that, just that little part on the, and be like, this is what she's saying now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you have love, you have nothing. Oh, jeez. Help us, Lord. I'm tired. We were here all weekend. Well, you're doing great. Come thanks. on. You're doing fabulous. Great. thanks. If you have love, you have everything. Yes, that. Yeah. That's. It. Yes. But without love, you're like a clinging gong. Yes. Bong. Bong. <laughs> yeah. We're a bong. Now we're talking about bongs. Gong. And then I went bong. He did just gong. tell someone last night is BYOB. Bring your own Bible. And then church. he said beer, bong, whatever. I mean, I said I it, it, just get in church. I don't okay. think he meant. <laughs> <laughs> Just get in church. <laughs> you need to be fed. You need to be fed by the Word of God. You know, you, you, you need to. Well, this is what our float is going mean, to be. There, I'm, there's so many people that will not step into a church Actually because they're they're care. using, you know, alcohol, drug abuse, whatever. You know, and I don't care. Come in here. We want Amen. to love you. Yeah. I mean, that was me at one point. That was all of us. We've all struggled with something. No, I can't tell you how many times people have been, like, so funny. Um, like, even when we were in other churches before we had the church here, uh, like, we were, you know, like, we attended someone else's church, and it was our church. People, and we'd invite them to church. They'd be like, oh, I can't. I can't walk in a church building. That whole place will blow up once I walk in. And I'm like, okay, well, that's never happened yet. Um, also, one, like one time I brought one of my old friends. I'd been ministering to him for a while, and he was he was always like, "No, I'm not going in church. I'll burn up if I go in there." Or the place would like it's either one. Yeah. It's like the whole place will burn up, or I'll burn up. Like, yeah. But he was he was a severe alcoholic, and I brought him anyway. And he even brought a styrofoam cup with alcohol in it. You're Seriously. You're 
But I just have compassion for everybody to know what it truly means to be a son. Because everybody in those situations that I've came across, they focus on their grief and their shame and their guilt. And that's why they continue to keep doing what they're doing. Because they don't think there's any hope for them. They've lost all hope. And we're here to show them that there is hope. We're the light of the world, the hope for the lost and the dying generations that are out there. Because if the church would stop acting like they were perfect and they didn't do anything wrong, then I think that we would probably get a little bit further with preaching the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Jesus actually, yeah, that's who we hung out with. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not us. We're great, right, guys? We yeah. all are. We're great. Okay. Everyone is. Um. Yeah, so Lisa said that there, so because we have a coffee shop, we get to, nobody's blown up. It's never happened. And we get to, you know, minister. We get to see people all the time. And Lisa just reminded of an, us of another time that somebody came in here. Tell us. <laughs> I just said I didn't want a microphone. Yeah. Um, it's how it works. You say you don't want it, you get it. Th- we have um, a couple that comes in here, and they're um, a lesbian couple, and they're super funny, and I love them. And I've known one of them. Which doesn't matter. She's only pointing it out so she can understand yes. the rest of the context. Yes. Yeah. So um, one of them walked up to Jason, and they were like, um, so I hear you have a church here. And he's like, yeah. And she was like, is everyone welcome? He's like, yeah, everyone's welcome. And she was like, no, like, is everyone welcome? And he's like, yeah, everyone's welcome. <laughs> and she was like, well, there's some churches here in town that if I walked into their church, I would be stoned. And who was it? I think Jesse or somebody was like, the only way you're getting stoned is if you bring weed. <laughs> It's really no wonder they talk about us, guys. I, know. I mean, it's just. <laughs> but I mean, it was just, it was just, uh, it was heartbreaking, really, because they don't feel welcome anywhere, and they, um, they need to hear the love of the Lord, and yeah. It's not, it's not us that's going to take away their sin. You know what I mean? And that's what religion thinks. You got to change yourself from the outside in to get close to God. It's not the truth. You got to get him inside of you, and then he does the work from the inside out. It's not our place to judge. That's right. <laughs> I just said it's also not our place to judge because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the God, and that it's God's job to do that. Our job is to love. Also, like, and just to clarify, and we all know this. But it, we also don't say, sure, yeah, blow it, throw it all away. We don't say, go ahead, go sin, do whatever you want. Like no. that's not what this is. That that's not what this is, is. I mean, we like Paul says, what does Paul say? He says, why can't I think of it? I want to say heaven forbid. That's not what that's not the interpretation. Like that's in one translation. But he's saying, no, guys, like you're missing the point. Like if Jesus isn't going there, neither am I. Where is he going? Where is Jesus going? I'm following Jesus. And it's definitely not towards sin. He's abolished sin. He's fulfilled sin. He's not walking towards sin. So neither are we. But the world is. And so can we meet them where they're at? Can we say, hey, let me show you a God that loves you, a, a God that wants to that wants to love you. Let him in. And then we'll figure yeah. out the rest. Because 
yeah, because then when you fall in love with them, you don't want to anymore. Yeah. It's, and then you want to try to figure out how to get rid of that sin that's in you, you know, and these things that you keep doing. And so then, like I was talking to Cody this morning about it, and that's when you start taking every thought captive. And you're bringing it back to the obedience of Christ. His obedience. It's not yours. It's his. And you're taking those thoughts captive. And then it's like that sin begins to fade away. And you become more in tune with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. And what his desire is and where he's going. And who he wants you to pray for. And you might be in the grocery store. You might be wherever, you know. And just being more in tune to him instead of the lust of the flesh you're in tune with the spirit. Yeah. Also, I get so irritated. I get so, fr- I think it's like my spirit just kind of gets so like fired up when all we want to talk about is sin. I've been in so many services where the literal whole message was about sin and he fulfilled it. He's done it all. Like what else do we want from him? I feel like every time we get caught up in sin or people are um, pushing people away because of sin or sin this, sin that, like, I, we're, we hang him up on the cross over and over and over again. Like, he's already done it. How many times does he have to fulfill it? And I think that somewhere along the line, the church just got on this. And we can't seem to, like, we can't seem to get past sin. We want to look at other people and be like, mm-mm-mm. Well, their sin. Or, you know, like, oh, bless them in their sin. Or whatever these churchy things that we do. And in the meantime, people are dying and going to hell, but yet... We just want to remind them of their sin, and we forget about love. Like, there's just so much more. There's so much more we can be talking about. Yet, we have also spent the last 10 minutes talking about it. So, (laughs) you ready? Come on. Why are you leaving me? Get back up here. I'm the mic guy. Oh, yeah. You are so good at it. Okay. Still in a little bit of 1 Corinthians, because I'm still kind of just really getting this point in about speaking in tongues. I really just want to kind of drive it home before we go on to the next thing. So in 1 Corinthians 14, 23, it says, Therefore, if the whole church, the what church? The whole church. The whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, there's those that come in who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they not say that you're out of your mind? Oh, they will. So what he's talking about here (laughs) is he's saying, listen, guys. There's going to be people that come in that don't understand. And that word is actually, this is really kind of funny. I didn't say it. It's the Bible. It's not me. It's the Greek word for unbelievers here or uninformed is idiotis. I mean, I didn't make it up. Like it's. I bet that's where we get the word idiot. I'm probably not saying it right. Right. Idiotis. Idiotis. And it means an unlearned man as opposed to learned and as opposed to learned and educated. What he's basically saying here what he's saying is listen like when people come in and they haven't learned they haven't been taught about speaking in tongues they haven't been taught about the holy spirit then expect them to think that you're out of your mind and that probably includes unbelievers but it also says the unlearned so people that just haven't been taught yet and guys we have churches filled with believers but people that haven't been taught yet And I'm not trying to be like, it's our job to teach them, but it's our job to teach them. Guys, when we know better, we do better. If we know that that we have this gift, if we know that the Holy Spirit's a gift, if we know the speaking in tongues a gift, like, um, let's teach them. Like, let's not be, let's, let's not back down. Let's not be ashamed. And I think it's 
a little bit intimidating. I'm not saying just go walk around speaking in tongues at the grocery store. Like, I'm not trying to almost see you guys in there and be like, who? Okay, guys. <laughs> but he's, what we're saying here, though, is it makes sense that people don't agree with it because they're unlearned. They don't know, they don't, they've never been taught. They don't understand it. And he's actually speaking to the church about people like that. And we actually had somebody come up. <laughs> okay, I won't go there. Um, to keep myself holy sometimes. Yes, professional. Um, so you know how I, I tell you guys, like, if you have questions, like, let's talk. Yes, let's do that. Um, absolutely, let's do that. But if you come with me and if you come, if you come and you say, well, my pastor told me, then it's off the table, okay? Like, you have to bring me scripture. You have to bring us why you believe what you believe, and then we'll talk about it, right? So we can't, we don't, we don't get to ask questions with, well, my pastor taught me. And you guys are never going to be like, well, Jason and Tiffany said, right? No. Well, Tim said, no, we're going to say, well, the Bible said, but I see and I have revelation from God, from the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says this. And obviously, if you guys are like, right, guys, that's what, right? And we'll be like, yeah, that's what it says. So it's just important that when I say that, like, if you if you don't believe us, cool. Like, let's talk about it. Let's let's go through this. But let's make sure grow together. Yeah, but make sure that we're backing up with the Bible and not just with what another man's wisdom said. Yeah. And um, but anyway, he had said he said, well, you know what we do with our church. Um, what our pastor decided is we have a special service for those that are not new believers that come together and we speak in tongues. But some of us, not really, not actually a lot of us, just some of us. Um, but we do it so that we don't inhibit the unbeliever or the, the new believers. And I think that we're, um, I think, and that's fine. Like, they get to do whatever they want to do. That's amazing. Um, but we're not going to do that. Like, we're not going to change up what we're doing. We're not going to hide. We're not going to pretend like the Bible doesn't say um, that the gift of tongues is a gift. We're not going to put it in a box and say, well, oh, this is only for those that um, are, are seasoned because it doesn't say that. It said that he comes in a room and he fills them with the Holy Spirit and all are filled and we'll get into that. Um, but what he's speaking of when it says that, because people will use this scripture here, it will say, don't confuse the new believers. And he's saying that it's not the same word that we understand as new believers. He's not, he's not saying, oh, these are baby Christians and, and don't like, don't, don't scare them. He's saying they just haven't learned yet. And so there's, there's no wonder that they're being um, that they're confused, that they're upset, they're that idiotis, they're unlearned. So let's teach them, guys. In? Okay. Good. Good to know. Okay. So then we're going to talk about the some of the language. So when we see the word tongues, we see it in different, um, we see it worded differently. So sometimes they'll say, speak in a tongue. Sometimes they'll say speak in tongues, or sometimes we'll see like prayer language, we'll see different things. And that word means, or that word is glossa, it's the language or dialect used by a particular people dis distinct from any nations. And this is the same word used in Acts 2-4, and they were all equipped and filled with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues. And so we know that it's the same word glossa, and each time when they're speaking of speaking in tongues in the book of Acts, they're using it as the same word because I've, I've seen people be like, well, that's not what they mean by speaking in tongues. They, they just meant this or this or just try to insert whatever they believed. And so 
what we have to do is we go back to the original language and say, okay, well, originally they meant this was the same thing. So we know that God, the revelation of God is speaking to all of, all of the times that he says speaking in tongues, he's saying that word glossa and meaning the same word, the same meaning. Does that make sense? Good. All right. One more place in Mark. Oh, maybe a couple places. This is Mark 16, 17, and this is red letters. So what, me, what does it mean when we have red letters? Oh, that's our main man. He's telling us these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and any, from anything poisonous and the hands on the sick and heal them. Um, we get really excited about this verse, and we believe this verse until it says they will speak in tongues. But he's saying, Jesus himself is saying, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Anybody in here a believer? Praise the Lord. Anybody in here a believer? Yeah. Guys, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I was worried about this side for a minute. <laughs> Just looking at me. Um, <laughs> stop it all. Do an altar call. <laughs> So it's saying, those of us who believe, not only will we speak in tongues, guys, we have the power to drive out demons, to heal the sick, <laughs> cleanse the lepers. We know these verses. We believe these verses. And we, are, are we walking them? Are we, are we showing? Where's the fruit of the verses that we believe in? And he's saying they will speak in tongues. It doesn't say, except for the ones that I decided to give it to. It doesn't say, except for the ones that are super holy. It doesn't say just his favorite. It's not just me, guys, that gets this gift. It's for everybody. And he's telling us in this broad language of they will speak in tongues to, to try to help us understand. But it's been the enemy. Understand that this is what the enemy does. He tries to throw division in there amongst the body, amongst brothers and sisters to divide us. I mean, how many churches have been divided on just speaking in tongues? Like, it's crazy. It's so crazy how how we will pick up a verse and just be like, nope, this is the gospel, and I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to lay on this. I'm going to set this foundation. I'm going to die on this rock because this is what he said here above, like when we see the scripture where he had said, um, oh, gosh, when I was, when he was, it was the, in the first Corinthians when he was saying um, not everyone will have it. And what he's speaking of there, again, is just we're not, we're talking about order. We're not, ta we're talking about not everybody's speaking in tongues at the same time. Some are prophesying, some are healing. And she's trying to get that straight, but we take it and we run with it and we have these beliefs. But then again, Jesus tells us all of these signs will accompany those who believe. Questions? We good? Which, which one? The Mark verse is 16, 17. 18. Yep. Okay. Ephesians 6, 18. Now this is written to the entire church of Ephesus. Ephesians 6, 18, 6, 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. Again, that word is glossa, pray in the spirit on all occasions and all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So again, he's talking to the entire church of Ephesus. He's saying, guys, pray in the spirit. He's giving them, giving them these words of wisdom. He's not saying only the elders, only the, 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 the solid ones that are now on meat. He's saying, guys, pray in the spirit. It's, do it. It's good. And then also we see all throughout the book of Acts, remember this is our basis. This is where we're, 
we're going back and are saying, Lord, this is how you wanted your church to look. How is it supposed to look? And so that's what we're looking at when we're going through the bo this book of Acts. And we see consistently throughout the book of Acts that when the people were, when the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit came in, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were given the gift of tongues. So in Acts 2 4, it says, And they, which there was 120 of them, were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Who all, who, 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 okay, let me read it again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. How many were speaking? How many started speaking in tongues? All of them. 120 out of 120 were filled with the Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Maybe it was just a fluke. I don't know. Let's keep going. Acts 10.44, and I know we haven't got to Acts 10.44 yet, skipping just for this verse. It says, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of those, which is this is in Cornelius' house, who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came to Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So it says the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. So there was 12 people in Cornelius' house, all 12. Say 12. 12. All 12 were filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. All right. And then in Acts 19, 6 through 7, and while Paul, when Paul laid hands on them, we're skipping ahead quite a bit here. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. And so again, he's telling us all of them were, Paul laid hands on all of them. They all received the Holy Spirit, and all of them spoke in tongues. Okay. So I don't know. I, I feel like when we're reading this and we're getting this revelation that what he's showing, I, I also think that like when they're writing this, not everybody was in disagreements like they are now. I, I feel like he didn't have to go over and over and over, but he did. And that God knew. It was like he knew that there would come a time where people would just be like, nope, it's not for me. You have to understand this is the enemy's way of saying you're not important enough. This is, I've seen so many people just be like, it's not, it's, God didn't give me that gift. And then you enter why. Why do you think? Why would he not give you a gift that he said was for everybody, that he said it was for edifying um, yourself or edifying the church? Why would he not give that to his beloved children that he wants to give, give, give good gifts to? But then we, we put our human nature, we put this, this fleshly idea of, well, he just, you know, I'm just not important enough. I guess I just have the, you know, the gift of administration and giving. I just, I don't think that God wants to use me that much. And then we have these people that have no wonder they're not on fire for the Lord. No wonder there's no passion. If you feel like God just wants to use you, like, I know, I, I know that God loves me and I don't ever have to stand up here with this microphone again in my life. I could go home and Watch soap operas. Do they still have soap operas? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. I could. <laughs> I don't know. I could YouTube some old ones. You've been watching them, Dakota? Yeah, Dakota. Dak, <laughs> what do we got going on? <laughs> yeah, I used to watch that one. The Love Boat. <laughs> Those are the days of our lives. There's, I don't know what happened. I guess women got bored. Anyway. I could sit at home and I could do that because there was a time I did watch soap operas. You didn't, like, kid, nap time was during my soaps and I watched Sonny and all his gang and his mob and I, I actually enjoyed it. Um, did I 
know a lot about scripture? Nope, sure didn't. <laughs> um, was I being used? Not really, but God really, really loved me. And God really, really was in love with me despite that I was doing anything for his kingdom. He still chose me and he still would have given me the gift of tongues if I would, would step out in it. But I didn't know anything about it because I didn't go to church and I didn't read my Bible because I was watching soap operas. Soap operas. My choice. Okay. All right. Are we good? Yes. Oh, good. All right. Now, now we actually get to start back in Acts 2, and we're at Acts 2, 12. So if you want to turn there, have at it. I hear a couple Bibles. Most of them are on their phones. I know. Same. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Me either. I actually like both. I actually like the phone because you can go from like all kinds of different translations. Yeah. And just sync them all up together and just see the different interpretations. And have them all open and just flop up and click. click, click. Oh, gosh. (laughs) What was that sound? Technology is so cool with stuff like that, you know? It really is. Do what? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 She said shame will hold you back from your gifts. Yep. And guilt, yeah. Condemnation, all the the junk from the enemy because he wants to hold you back from him. He doesn't want you walking in yep. your gifts and your calling. I'd say that's probably the majority of it. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine a lot of people um, that are confident in who they are and confident in who Christ is that just don't walk in any giftings. You know, like you just don't see that. Like it, it talks about that. That gifts are the for the believers. And so when we realize that, when we get, when we grasp that, when we wrap our mind around it, we get to walk in it freely. Okay, Acts two twelve thirteen says, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, "What does this mean?" But what others mocking, "What said, is this phenomenon?" <laughs> the mother, others mocking, said, "They're just." drunk they're just wasted these crazy people these crazy disciples standing up at the temple and they're just they're drunk these guys these dudes have been drinking it's nine o'clock in the morning and they've done lost their minds and what's so funny is that word perplex actually means phenomenon and so the people were like so intrigued it was like they'd never seen this before in their life because what did they hear guys remember what was it that they're even talking about say it loud Everybody's speaking in tongues, but then what? Yes, they're hearing it in their own language. So there's these guys that are here, um, and they all had come to town, and they're just hanging out, probably laughing and hanging out, and all of a sudden they just hear this sound of people declaring God's word or declaring um, the truth in their own language. And then they realize that the other people around them are hearing and understanding it too. And they're just like, what is this? Could you guys imagine? Just imagine if you went to Africa and they just like, and you were with a whole missions group of people. Maybe people from France were with you and, you know, people from China. But yet everybody was understanding. You'd be like, did they plan this? Was this a skit? Like, what is going on here? And then what happened is that it was this huge phenomenon, and then, of course, the enemy came in, and people were like, they're just wasted. They're just, which, why do they think that because they got drunk, they could actually, like, speak in their language? I don't know, but they couldn't make sense to it, of it either, right? And so they were, they were basically making fun of them. And so 
when I was reading this, I was just thinking about what it felt like to be the disciples. Like they, they came upon this. You know that they were like, oh, this is amazing. Like we have the Holy Spirit and we do that too. I mean, absolutely. When I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was like, what is this life? Um, but this is also, this was brand new. Like they didn't have, they didn't really have a place to read about this. And, 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 they didn't really get someone that was actually pouring into them and to understand it. Yes, Jesus had spent time with them before, but they're still trying to wrap their mind around this. But I think they were probably all excited and laughing. It was this great moment. And then everyone starts making fun of them. And how it must have felt for them to be like hearing these people mocking them and laughing at them. Maybe they're a little bit used to that at this point. Um, they probably didn't even care. You know? Yeah, I probably would have cared. You wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I'd have been the one that's like, what? What's your problem? You would have just started crying. I don't know. He'd already been crying. <laughs> right? He's like, people are laughing? Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just focused, yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. I think if you're that impacted in that moment, I don't think you'd care what else was going on. Yeah. You would just be so full of joy and excited I about so. what God was doing. I mean, because this was fulfilling the prophecy of Joel. Yeah. You know, the, the infilling was come for everybody. Right. And the ones that had received it in that moment, you know, I mean, to them, they knew about these prophecies that were coming. So they understood that this prophecy was being fulfilled in that very moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have been super excited to be walking that out. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of people in that time that had the Messiah standing right in front of them and didn't real, and didn't accept it. Because it's not the miracle that persuades people to Christ. Like, we think that. We think, and I've said this myself, guys, and so I'm just, like, preaching through the choir. I've said, God, if you could just give me a word, like, if you could just have me read their mail. Like, I know that if you just told me their address, their phone number, God, like, let's do this, man. Like, just just tell me, and I'll do it. And they'll become believers. And that's not actually how it works. And we see that. We see these men standing up, performing this mighty miracle, and then people are just mocking them. And... Well, I think that one of the greatest miracles that happens next is Peter's reaction to this. And so that's what I'm saying. Peter was a little bothered by it. Like, Peter stands up, and he's like, yeah. listen up. Like, the rest of the guys are probably, like, crying in the corner. But Peter stands up, and he says in 2.14, Standing with the eleven, he lifted up his voice and addressed them all, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, it's only nine o'clock, he's saying, that this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So it's so, like, it's just so cool. It's like, I could just imagine this moment of him being like, um, what is it when you put someone in their place? What is that? Um, I don't know. He just kind of like, every one of them, he just kind of put in their place. And what's happening is, I think all at the same time, the disciples are realizing that this is the, the that, prof- moment. that moment of where scripture talks about where Joel is prophesying this. Like they're all realizing it themselves and caught up in this moment. People are laughing and they're like, you guys don't even know what you're laughing about. And he goes on, he's going on to tell them. And that this is the first, understand guys, 
As Peter starts to stand up, this was the same Peter that seven weeks ago had denied Christ. Like we know that he was the one that was like, I don't, I don't know that dude. I don't, I don't know who that was. And then we know that Jesus came back and there was that beautiful moment of reconciliation. But this was the same Peter now filled with the Holy Spirit that's standing up and preaching the very first church sermon. Like how cool is that? Like very first spirit-filled church sermon, and he didn't prepare for it. He didn't stay up all night or get up early like I might have. He stood up, had, got the Holy Spirit, got made fun of, stood up, and preached the gospel. And that's what the Holy, that's the difference of the Holy Spirit. That's what's different when we don't have this fear of man. Like, he didn't care what they were saying. He didn't care that they were laughing. He was like, you guys don't even know, but I, listen, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you. You don't, honestly, in this moment, you don't deserve it. But because of God's love, I'm going to teach you. And they realized that this was Acts 1 through 8 that's coming to pass, that you will receive power with the Holy Spirit that's come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and all of Samaria. Like he, this was literally that moment that, the, that that was spoken is coming to pass immediately through him. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else? I just love that... You know, we don't believe in comfort zones here. Like we, if I see that you guys are comfortable, I'll push you out of it. And this is the example of that. Like God didn't prepare him. He wasn't like, prepare this beautiful message, write it all down. He didn't have time to study the Torah before he came to do this. Like literally he got, he had the Holy Spirit, was filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking what he knew that was in him. Like he knew this, it was embedded in him. Hi, Case. Daddy gets Case. <laughs> Hi, buddy. All right. We're preaching the gospel. You ready? Yeah, he's ready. He's excited. Not only does Peter, not only does he stand up and start preaching, he's almost like, now come and sit down. We're going to have a Bible study. Okay? Everybody, I got something to tell you. I got something to teach you. And I can't imagine just the, the amount of, of men and women that were there in that area, that that time that were just that just stayed and listened and he had all of their attention and that was set up by God it was so beautiful all right then he goes on to say in Acts 2 17 and in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh all flesh and your sons and daughters will shout prophesy. Young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day the Lord comes, the great and magnificent sent day and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is this is the scripture from Joel 2:28 um that he's preaching and they would have all known that and he's talking most likely he's speaking to them in all of Aramaic so that they can all understand it. And he's teaching them and and he's essentially like bringing it all front and center. It's like this um circle that he's bringing it all back around so that they can all understand it all right so that word sons and daughters prophesy is the word that word prophesy there is propheteo propheteo and it's under like prompting to teach refute reprove admonish and comfort others so i just wanted to 
point that out. I was, I was looking that word of prophecy up. Um, I'm really, really passionate about when you give somebody a word, when the Lord gives somebody a word, or, or if we prophesy, and guess what, guys? It says that we all can, that it's this exact thing, that it's prompting, teaching, reproving, which is also convicting, but not con- condemnation. It's admonishing, which can be to warn, and it can, but it also comforts others. That when we give a word, that it's not to condemn or embarrass them. Like we, that's, that's not who God is. God didn't give a word and call out their, necessarily their sin. You know, he wouldn't just be like, um, give, he's not giving this word to embarrass people or to bring this condemnation. Like we don't bring condemnation. It's by his kindness that we're drawn to him. It's, it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. And so I just really wanted to bring that out. So as we're walking in this and learning to prophesy or learning to give words that, that we that we make sure that we're lining up with what the word says that a prophetic word or a prophecy is. Yeah. Ready? Close your eyes. <laughs> also want to point out in this scripture that it says, um, and it shall come to pass. Where would it go? Um, in the last days, the very first word, understanding that they're not trying to say that they, they understood that it was happening today or tomorrow, that, that it's happening in seasons, that we, we see these, this last, these last day is a season of God's coming back. And I don't know, I know a lot of people get on, like, yes, Jesus is coming back and I'm here for it, but I'm really not in a hurry, guys. And it's not because I'm scared, it's not because I'm worried, but it's because I have so many people still that I want to tell about him. I have family members, I have um, just people even here in town that I'm like, hold on one more day, Lord, one more day, because I I feel this, just this, um, this unsettling, like, um, they have to know, they have to know, this urgency, yeah, they, they have to know you, God, and and so I know if people get excited. I've heard people be like, come back soon, Lord. And I'm like, God, I want to see your face, but hold on one more day. Um, and I hope that I want to encourage you guys to feel that too. Like it's coming. We're in a season of it. We know. We said, he said, he prophesied these are the last days. So let's use it. Let's use it to tell everybody about him. Okay. You keep, you ready? Keep going. I'll probably stop after this. We didn't even get very far. Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know this, Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and knowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. What's so beautiful about this is this new man that we see, this new Peter, he's saying, okay, yeah, you saw the signs and wonders, but this is what we came for. We came to get for you to give your life to Christ and understand that it was you guys that killed him. And he's talking to the men here. He was like, it was you that crucified him. It was your choice. But listen, he's giving you an opportunity. And that is what this is about. This is what this whole message is to be about. This is what having the Holy Spirit is about, is to know Christ and to make him known. And he's talking to these men, and he's giving them this out, like, yes, you did it, but listen, this is how God, good God is. And as I was reading through this, it really caught my attention 
where it said God raised him up, loosing the pains of death. And what I was thinking about is um, it actually brought me and started making me think about um, childbirth for some reason. And then I realized that word pains of death is the word Odin, and it's actually the word for birth pains. Hi, kiddos. That word Odin is the word for birth pains. Close your ears, Jade. (laughs) I'm just joking. And so what they're saying is, God raised him up, loosing the pains of death, loosing the pains of birth pains, because just like a baby can never stay in the womb, just like a baby will always have to be born eventually, Jesus couldn't have stayed in in the grave. And it's so much more than him being in the grave. It's so much more than him dying. It was about what he was going to do. It wasn't possible, and I wrote down, it wasn't possible that the chosen one of God should remain in the grip of death, that abyss could no more hold the Redeemer than a pregnant woman can hold the child in her body. Jesus' death was planned, it was purposed, and everything, this is the last thing I'm going to say, and then we'll, we'll finish, but I want you guys to understand how purposed this was, that even the day, we know we talked about that, even the day that the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, that this moment, and he's speaking this to them, that every bit of this was planned. God chose this. He knew what he was doing. And just like a baby couldn't stay in the womb, he couldn't stay either. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a plan. Um, and the disciples were, he's helping them to understand that too. He's helping the men in this time and the women in this time to understand that everything had a purpose. And because I can imagine that some of them were feeling this guilt, this shame, this, oh God, what did we do? Like it was becoming this revelation of what did we do? What did we take part of? I had no idea. And he's saying, listen, yes, you did it, but God came for you, but there was a purpose behind it. And so I'm going to leave you guys with that. I want to leave you guys with this week, when, if your week is hard, if things aren't making sense, if um, you get a phone call that you didn't want to get, I want you to understand there's purpose behind everything that we walk through. Not everything is God's fault, that's not what I'm saying, but understand the purpose of what he's saying and what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing, because there's great things to come out of it. Okay. Yeah, daughter. Do you want the mic? Most of you know in the last two weeks, I probably had the hardest thing happen to us. Last Monday, we had a very seven-year-old grandson. And I had a verse that, um, it's from Philippians. It's Philippians 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which suppresses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Not only did we have to, we had a lot of things happen. I mean... Financially, it probably was hard, but we were blessed in that. And then this last week, our floor to our uh, laundry room is pretty much falling through. 
And um, we were blessed in that. And God, and I just have to remember that you rejoice in everything, and he'll take care of you. That's always been my thing. I know he's going to take care of us. And although we don't know why God needed a seven-year-old little boy up there, we know that he was a light. And that, um, that it talked about that in the, that um, he might have been just here to bless a great-grandma to bring a life because they had just buried her two weeks before. And he always brought a light to her. Whenever he came in, he was all excited. And that little boy, if he met you, he was like, hi, my name's Zachary. You want to be my friend? That was who Zachary was. And I just, that we need to rejoice in everything. Thank you for sharing that, Dodie. I imagine, you know, Jesus doesn't tell us, he doesn't tell us anything in scripture other than what he knows. Um, and I imagine when Mary was watching Jesus be crucified and when the people that loved Jesus being crucified, that it didn't make sense to them at that time either. Um, none of it made sense. Nothing, none of it was piecing together. None of it was fair, just like Zachary. So it's not fair. It's not fair. Um, but I know that God does make all things good. It doesn't mean that that's what God wanted. It doesn't mean that God did it. Um, but we live in this fallen world, but God will make it good. And I don't, I'm not saying that replacing it, you know, because you've given me the word that you felt like replacement is never, that doesn't take, take it, you know, that doesn't take it, the pain away. But God will make this good. Yeah. Jesus because of your sacrifice that he gets to do that. Yeah. <sighs> and sometimes the things that we're going through d seem to not quite be so important, right? <laughs> sometimes when other people share, it makes everything else be like, eh, doesn't quite matter as much anymore, does it? All right, we're going to pray, and then we'll go. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that we get to learn um, revelation and more about you every single day, reading through the scripture that you've laid out for us. We thank you for being with us throughout our weeks and day to day and we just thank you for um 
a reminder to renew our minds when things seem to get tough or we start listening to the lies creeping into our heads. We just take that thought captive and replace it with your truth, Father. We just bless your name. We honor you and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.